Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Even Him, Jesus, whose coming is after the working of Satan, which will come with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because that they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 9 through 12. So let me break that passage down for you a little bit today. Jesus is coming back. He warned us of that time and time again throughout his earthly ministry. He preached it constantly to be prepared for the coming of the Son of Man and the kingdom of heaven. But also that that time will not come until after a time of trial, tribulation and temptation. You see, when Jesus was here, he had a three and a half year earthly ministry. So will the counterfeit of him, which is that old Antichrist, have the same? A three and a half year rule and reign of power and dominion, where scripture tells us that he even succeeds in overcoming the saints. Yes, According to our opening passage, it says he will be allowed to have great power and to move in signs and lying wonders. So what does that mean? It means that in the same manner that miracles were used to validate the truth of Jesus's earthly ministry, so will miracles be used to validate the lies of the Antichrist's earthly ministry. So, with so great a deception being played upon the masses, backed up by the power of Satan and the Holy Spirit no longer restraining that power, then how will you know the difference? You do what God said and you test the spirits. So, how do you do that? You might ask, you do what Jesus said, and you check the fruit that it is producing. If it is not leading you towards holiness, then it is not the leading of the spirit of holiness, which is the Holy Spirit. If it contradicts the humble, selfless, sinless teachings of Jesus, then I don't care how accurate the word or miraculous the manifestation. It is only there to back up deception, counterfeits wolves in sheep's clothing, and doctrines of demons. Yet many will cling to these things in the days ahead. Why? Because just like our passage said, they want to validate 
their unrighteousness. Because doing righteousness is doing what God says is right. And that takes humility and a sacrifice of your pride. So that those who don't want to submit to the truth will embrace the lie. And God will allow the greatest deception of all time to overtake them. Why would the restraining power of the Holy Spirit allow this to happen? Because that God has already released the greatest truth of all time through Jesus to counteract it. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And everything that we need to receive and believe was released and taught and demonstrated and proven through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. If the power of heaven manifested in the man Jesus is not enough to convince you to believe it, then what more can he do? He's not here to serve you. He doesn't have to prove himself to you either any more than he already has. So for the fact that all grace has been released and truth and the word of God is available to you, that is enough for God to say, you know what? Holy Spirit, back up. If they want to hold on to their sin, their unrighteousness, if they want to continue to walk in darkness, then let them. Because I gave the truth to the world. And the world rejected it. Though in his great love and mercy, patience and compassion, does he still make it available to those who are humble enough to want it? You see, he said, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, then you will be filled. You will find it. He said, if you ask, he will reveal. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened unto you. God is still merciful. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yet the moment he revealed to us his truth through Jesus, it took away our excuses. And he's no longer winking at sin. Jesus paid a price to redeem us from it. He gave us his Holy Spirit to teach us and to lead us. He doesn't owe us signs, wonders, and miracles, though he is more than willing to release them. Those things follow those who are already believing the things that Jesus came to teach us. But for those who are following after signs, wonders, and miracles, they'll end up following the Antichrist spirit and his great deception. Because he'll move in those things too. And he'll use them to validate the wrong message. So where is your faith? Is it in the spectacular? Is it in the giftings? Is it in goosebumps and manifestations? Is it in men and crowds and goosebumps and manifestations? Or is it in the words and teachings of Jesus? Is it in the fruits of his spirit, his characteristic? The only thing that he told us would actually be an evidence of whether or not we had the real thing. Or if we were a wolf in sheep's clothing. So now we have to make our decision. Now we have to determine where our faith is. Now we see if we love truth or unrighteousness. Now we lay down our lives and our pride and our ambitions to follow Jesus. 
or we follow after the Antichrist spirit and eventually the person of it with all of his temporary majesty and manifestations. First John chapter 4 verse 1 tells us this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but rather try, which means to judge or examine or test the spirits, rather they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And Jesus himself tells us in Matthew chapter 7, Verse 15, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are actually ravaging wolves. Every tree that brings forth not good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire, whereby you shall know them by their fruits. The Lord God tells us, warns us, commands us to judge the fruits, the character of those around you especially those that you allow to speak to you, to teach you, to lead you, to influence you. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7, we read this, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as Jesus is righteous. In this are the children of God manifested, and the children of the devil, that whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. You don't have the right to hold the grudge. In Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, we read the words of the Holy Spirit of the living God speaking through Paul when he tells the church that I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, being the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, that I may present you to him as a chaste virgin. But I fear that lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtleties, so that your minds also might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not already preached to you. Or if you receive another spirit, which you have not already received at salvation, or another gospel, that you might fall for it and follow him who is a false prophet. Paul was warning this church who had received the truth, the same truth that was given to me and you in the Holy Word of God. They had been saved. No man can come to salvation without receiving the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus explained to Nicodemus when he said you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. And yet there were those who were coming saying you need something different. You need something more. You need something from me that you didn't get from the Lord. You need my special anointing. You need my special gifting. You need me to do deliverance. You need me to do this. You need me to do that. No, my friend, anything that turns your eyes away from Jesus is a wolf in sheep's clothing. I don't care how many miracles and manifestations come with it. It's moving by the power of an antichrist spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit sanctifies And many times that's a process. Yes, the Holy Spirit teaches us. There are things that he will reveal to us. 
through our journey of faith. But all of it is still coming from Jesus, and we had all of it the day we were saved. We just didn't know how to use it. We weren't fully submitted to it. I love it when Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that is within him. Because I fully believe in the power of the gifts. It's in the scripture. But it's already within you if you're truly saved. Because that's where the Holy Spirit lives. And the gifts are his. All you have to do is take the time to visit with him. To surrender and submit to him. That's what sanctification really is. It's learning to submit and surrender completely to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that he can then begin to move through you. It's when you believe what he is speaking. And as you believe, the signs and wonders will follow after you. Because the signs and wonders are part of the kingdom. That now lives within you and is emanating through you. And affecting those around you. Signs, wonders, and miracles just happen. They happen every day in the life of a true believer. If you're not experiencing them, it's time to get into the prayer closet and get to know Jesus. Because where he is, you will see the miraculous. But again, my friend, I warn you against following after signs, wonders, and miracles rather than holy, righteous character. Because if you do, you'll end up following a wolf in sheep's clothing right off of the narrow path onto the wide with the many that are deceived by the Antichrist. In Revelations chapter 13, verse 11, we read this. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. This represented the false prophet. And he had two horns like a lamb. In other words, it looked like our Jesus But yet he spake as a dragon. He talks and teaches like the devil. He's delivering the wrong message, something opposite of what Jesus taught us. And this beast exercised all of the power of the first beast. This beast had been mentioned before in the passage which represented the Antichrist and caused the earth and them which dwelled therein to worship The first beast, that Antichrist, whose deadly wound had been healed, and he doeth great works, miracles, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, like Elijah did, mimicking the prophets of old. And as he does this, he deceiveth them that dwell upon the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, the Antichrist, which had the wound by the sword and did live. This, my friend, is a false resurrection. I'm giving you an image of the deception that is coming. It will be an Antichrist, a counterfeit Jesus, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak. Ah, this image that speaks is a counterfeit of the Holy Spirit because his job is to teach us. But this counterfeit of it, it will cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast that they should be killed. 
so that we see that while the Holy Spirit was given to us by the death and resurrection of Jesus to speak to us the truth and help us to be a witness, which literally means mortar in the original text, of that truth, being willing to even die if we need to, to maintain and to spread that truth, the teachings of Jesus. We see that those that follow the words of this counterfeit version of it will kill to stop the truth and to spread and to maintain its deceptions. It is literally the opposite of the selfless sacrificial teachings of Jesus. The passage continues by saying, And this beast will cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bound, to receive a mark. The Bible tells us that the saints of God are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yet here we see that the deceived are sealed by this beast. They receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads. I don't have time to get in the teaching of this, but my friend, I assure you of one thing, that this is a demonic counterfeit of the Shema, the sign of the marriage covenant. In the Old Testament, God had given a commandment and they were to write it down and strap it to their hands or to their foreheads as a constant reminder that they were in covenant with God, that they were his bride and trusted in his word. Yes, the world will face a great deception and it will be deeper than most people can imagine. It says that if you don't take this mark, you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade. In other words, you have to be married to the world, to the system, to the Antichrist spirit in order to receive of the provision of this false husband. But those who trust in their Jesus will follow him out into the wilderness like the Israelites did when they walked out of Egypt if that's what it takes. They will trust what the Bible has to say in the name of the beast, that name that has no power to save, or the number of his name then they won't be allowed to participate in the world system. So here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for the number of, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, we read this, and they, speaking of the saints, did overcome him which is Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, oh, what our Jesus did, but also by the word of their testimony, which is that they believed the truth of the words of Jesus, and that when they believed it, it worked. It changed them. True miracles happened. They shed their old selfish, sinful state and were born again, a new creature, a new creation. And began to pursue God's holiness and was empowered to obey him unto righteousness. And that they also lived not their lives unto the death. They had faith in that truth, no matter what it cost them. So that finally we close today with Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. 
passage that we opened with, reading it again with eyes open, with better understanding. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 19 through 12, even him, Jesus, whose coming is after the working of Satan, who will move in all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So according to this passage... Those that were saved were saved by receiving the truth. Not because of someone's special anointing. Not because you went to their conference and saw some manifestations. Not because they laid hands on you and you started shaking. They were saved. They were set free when they received the truth. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And that Son is Jesus, who is the truth, the way, and the life. The things that he came to teach us will expel the darkness and bring you into the light. My friend, I tell you this today, that there is a great deception in the land. And it will increase as we draw closer to the end of these last days. But there is a way of escape out of every temptation that is given. And it was given to us when we were given Jesus. I tell you this with all assurity. Because it is written in the scripture. And I have seen it. Proven. That only the truth. Will set you free. Don't chase after things. That can be counterfeited. Pursue the truth. Of the person the presence, and the teachings of Jesus. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.